Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. I am joined this morning by Teresa Rooney, Master Gardening, a gardener here on CCR. She does some Master Gardening in her own. In her own, in her own garden, but I she's do. helping you out uh, today either by phone or by text. And you know how busy we get. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Thank That's you for wonderful. asking. Hope you uh, you are as well. I was looking at that forecast, and boy, I tell you, much we, the, the rain we really needed, and it was great that we had what we got. But I, t- I don't see anything. But maybe a tiny chance Thursday night, maybe twenty yeah. percent just the whole week. No during rain. this really hot week, yeah, yep, so we're, we're going to lose a lot of what we uh, what we yeah. gained. So yeah, yeah. yeah so water those trees and shrubs, people. Yep, and watch your uh, watering ordinances for sure. Very much uh, so. If you have again any kind of a lawn or garden question, and you and you know how busy we are this uh, particular hour, call Teresa or text whichever is easier for you at six five one 
461-9226. We're getting to, I'll tell you what, let's grab a text right now before we get too far behind and then you and I can talk. Okay. Uh, Do blueberry bushes need to be pruned in the spring or can they be pruned in the fall? I believe you can prune them in the fall if you need to. I would definitely, though, look at the extension website, extension.umn.edu, to verify that. And you don't want to prune a lot. You you just would be pruning out old wood to to encourage new growth for next year. Another uh, speaking of, of yes. Okay, if I can just say, and speaking of oh, pruning, sure. your pruning should be almost done by the season, by right now. You, you should finish all your pruning by August first. So you're 18 days, 19 days past pruning. So stop feeding your perennials. Uh, Do continue to feed your lawn with your winter. And um, stop pruning because the plants have to now start to become dormant. Um, Even though it's only the middle of August, uh, you don't want to cause a flush of growth. I know it sounds kind of weird because in September everybody's going to be saying, what can I prune now? And I'm going to tell you nothing. Yes. (laughs) But but don't. Go ahead. And I was thinking, too, and I was thinking about lawns themselves, and I know we'll get questions about mm-hmm. this. Given the hot weather, and usually the, the, the window of opportunity for, for seeding, grass right. seeding, mm-hmm. is like, what, middle of August to the middle of September. I wonder exactly. if we can stretch it this year. We might be able to, depending upon what we think fall is going to be like and when yeah. you think, if you think your grass is going to get, you know, have six to eight weeks to, to grow and, and before you're going to get that first frost, before you get the those first snowfall that kills the grass that stays. We'll, uh, we'll be watching the forecast yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right, Teresa, let's uh, grab a okay. phone call. Gary is first up here calling in from uh, St. Louis Park, I believe, this morning. Gary, good morning. What's your question for Teresa? Hi, good morning, Denny. Good morning, Teresa. Um, Teresa, I just had my lawn aerated yesterday. Mm-hmm. How long should I wait before I mow it, and how often should I water it? Uh, I would water it just as you have been watering it. It needs about an inch of water a week, so you want to, between you and Mom Nature, do that. Uh, you can back off a little bit on the mowing if it's not growing very quickly. In this heat, it may or may not be growing. With this extra water we've gotten, uh, it, you may see a flush of growth, so you may have to water. But the aeration should not impact how you need to water or, or the mowing. And good to aerate because you're setting yourself up for some good overseeding if you need it. Excellent. Well done, Gary. Yeah, Gary, I got to do that. Uh, have that done too uh, this fall, this this summer, I should. Say. <laughs> uh, what is the best texture? Says Teresa. What is the best plant uh, plant ornamental grasses in the spring or now or in the fall? What as far as ornamental grasses? When 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 to plant? You know, with the heat that we're going to have with the next week or so, I wouldn't do a lot of planting right now it's stressful on you and on the plants so don't do it right now uh fall's a great time to get those ornamental grasses in the prairie grasses and it's a great time to find barkins at the um at the nurseries and so fall is a great time so spring or fall works either well either one really well um i like fall because it's a little cooler on you do it earlier fall like mid-september or earlier get those plants in you can get good deals at the at the markets and um and then your plants almost they get really well well rooted and if you want to just give them a little extra protection the very first year going through winter with a little maybe extra uh mulch around them just for the first year and then they'll be fine after that now what's the proper pronunciation i remember my mom called them peonies are they peonies or peonies yes 
Oh. You can you can do either one. One is more British, one is more American. Uh, so oh, it, right. it does, they're both fine. It's like clematis or clematis. Uh, you can do either one. Uh, in the United States, normally we are emphasizing the second syllable, and in Britain, it's the or in England, it's the first syllable. So six oh, one half a dozen of the other. You can be really posh if you want and say peonies if you want to. Whatever oh. you want to do. Mm-hmm. Tomato. Okay. Tomato. Tomato. Yes. Uh, the question is, though, is it a good time to transplant the peonies yes, and rhubarb? Yes, it is. Yes, this is a great time to do it. Uh, your irises, your peonies, uh, your rhubarb, if you want to. Spring is better in, in for for rhubarb, uh, but you can do it now. Uh, again, I would just say, you know, do it when it's easier for you and it's easier on the plant. If you can have a day or two of slightly cooler weather, uh, do it maybe first thing in the morning or in the later afternoon when it gets a little cooler so the plant can kind of recover overnight. And if you're not dividing the peony, um, just have the other hole already dug and had your amendments of compost and everything already. So and if you're not dividing the peony, um, just have the other hole already dug and had your amendments of compost and everything already. So you can lift that plant up, disturb the roots as little as possible, plant it in the next pot plant place you want to plant it. Make sure that you're planting it high so that the eyes, the little growing red growing pointed tips on the root ball are right at the surface or no more than say half an inch to an inch deep. If you plant your peonies too deep, the eyes will become blind and they won't flower for you. If you disturb the roots too much, they may pout for two or three years before they flower again. If you have to divide them, you're probably going to see some lack of flowering for the next few years, but they'll recover and then they'll, they'll bloom again. Okay. I know we have to break momentarily, but we were getting a bunch of phone calls as well as text. Let's grab a phone call from Faith calling in from Annandale, I believe, this morning. Faith, good morning. What is your question for Master Gardener Teresa? Good morning. Okay, good morning. Thank you. I have a balloon flower that used to always just be a moderate size, and then all of a sudden one half of it got real tall and straggly and leggy. Do you have any idea what's going on with that? It, it, it's probably just the, the the temperature and maybe it got a little extra fertilization on that side of the plant for some reason or a little extra watering compared to the other. Um, I don't know why it would suddenly just jump up and, and get a lot taller. But if you don't like it that tall, you can trim it back. Otherwise, just know it will probably be all normal next year. Hopefully, knock on wood. That's an interesting okay. question, Faith. Thank you, Faith. Gary, calling in from St. Paul this morning, I do believe. Gary, you're on CCO with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Oh, hi. I had an aeration question. Uh, I had a section on my lawn that I replanted last year, and it's come in real well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to aerate the lawn. Should I skip that particular area, though? It's uh, Um, Kentucky bluegrass and, and fescues. You could you could aerate it again if there's been a lot of traffic in your yard. If you did the good prep last year when you overseeded or when it's come in, uh, you you dug some organic matter in and it hasn't experienced a whole lot of rugby play or, you know, wrestling on the on the lawn right there. You could ignore that section and then just the next time you aerate, just aerate it um, with the rest of your lawn. So depending upon what your prep work was last year for the for the planting and how much how much compaction it's gotten there, that will indicate whether or not you need to aerate. Good luck with that, Gary. Before we break, I want to grab one more call, and then we'll grab some text messages. Uh, Chris calling in from Egan this morning. Chris, you're on CCO. What is your question, please? 
Good morning. I love listening to you guys. Thank you. Um, I have I have a whole bunch of cucumber plants in my garden, and they have produced fantastically, and they're still producing, but the leaves are all dying. Is that normal? It they could be. It could have gotten some kind of cucumber disease, a virus, or something. As long as it's still producing, um, I would just say go ahead. Yep, keep going. When you see those leaves start to die, take those off and then um, sterilize if you're using pruners before you go to the next plant. If you if you have to cut more, do more pruning with that. But sometimes toward the end of the season, they just get a little stressed and they're more susceptible to lots of diseases. Good luck with that, Chris. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of our Smart Garden show here on CCO. I can tell you we are heading today to a high near uh, 95 of the heat index values. We'll be up to about 102, so keep that in mind. Sunny and hot today, right now on CCO, 71 degrees. Hey, stay with us. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. You're with uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those lawn and garden questions. I should remind our listeners, uh, our friends and your colleagues, uh, Julie Weisenhorn and uh, turf expert uh, John Trappy will be with me uh, at the Met. We're doing a (laughs) a one-time show, appearing one time only at the Minnesota State Fair a, a week from today. So don't miss that. And if you're going to be out there, you can come up to the uh, broadcast center there, and you can ask your questions live. Of course, we'll still be taking our phone calls and text messages as well. In the meantime, we'll uh, take your phone calls and text messages this morning on our Smart Garden Show. Uh, as I said, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney doing the work, 651-461-9226. Let's see here. Uh, Teresa? Yes. Uh, I'm looking at, oh, we have so many. All right. Uh, here's a recommendation they request for how and when to plant wild lupin seed. The soil is sandy. Uh, I would You could plant it in the fall. That would probably be the best time because it does need to go through the winterization, uh, the stratification. Otherwise, uh, you could do a winter sowing in milk jugs in January and then carefully transplant it in the, in the spring as soon as it comes up and, and the soil is ready. I'd try probably um, seeding in the fall. Good luck. Okay. This listener wants to know, how can I tell when my watermelon uh, ready to pick? I picked one already, and it was still green on the inside. Oh, that's always tricky for me to tell. Um, I, I would, I'm, I have some, some things in my mind, but I don't know if they're all right. Usually with the squashes and the watermelon is when the, the, uh, the stem starts to harden off and you can see that it's starting to die back. Otherwise, I would go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and um, it'll tell you on there all the special ways to do it. Um, there's thumping it and seeing if it has a yellow spot on the bottom and the rest is bright green. But I, I don't want to tell you the wrong thing because I even have problems picking out watermelon at the supermarket. So yeah, we've been having I, I, would, same- I would go to the extension <laughs> website for that one. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's my lack of talent, but I we, we love watermelon here. Mm-hmm. And I've been uh, picking them up here and there. And, uh, 
you know, maybe if there's uh, six watermelon, maybe one is good, maybe two. And I and I'm not sometimes sure sometimes they get so overwatered that the taste kind of washes out, and hmm. and you just never know how they're going to be. I know it has something to do with the size of the bands, the striping on them, and then that they do need the yellow spot. Um, on the bottom, uh, that means they've been sitting for a while, so that part has started not to be photosynthesizing as much mm. anymore. But other than that, in a hollowy sound, I don't know. Well, it's, I'm going to pick mystery. up another one this time. I know that uh, Jerry Untide <laughs> has uh, has grown uh, some good stuff, so, I'm so that'll check be good that then, out because the local stuff is really good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, "Greetings. We have thirty uh, some trees in our development with quote gall mites. Will they recover?" Oh, they'll be just fine. As long as the, the leaves are still green and they're still photosynthesizing, sometimes even the gall mites will kind of crinkle the leaves a little bit. But the trees will recover just fine. You may never have them again. You may get them every year. But gall mites and trees kind of go together. So, yep, that's just little little pla- places on the, tree, on, the, on the leaves where they kind of have funny bumps. And there's just little insects in there either hatching out or it's just a reaction to the insect biting it. And like a mosquito bite when we get a little irritation. So nothing to worry about. All right, good. Another texture says this, Teresa, should hydrangeas be pruned in the fall after blooming? Um, it's That one's totally up to the kind of hydrangea it is, where it sets its flowers. And if you have a new hydrangea that is more of a tree or a shrub that you're trying to get some height on, sometimes those flowers, you may need to prune off some of the flowers uh, so that the winter doesn't get a lot of snow on them and drag those branches down and break them. Uh, but I would look at what kind of hydrangea you have and figure out what the pruning is, whether it blooms on old wood or new wood or both. And that will tell you how to prune it. Uh, you could look at the Extension website, extension.umn.edu, and also go out to the Arboretum, which was a gem in Minnesota. They have a hydrangea testing area where they've planted a lot of hydrangeas, and you can see what your specific hydrangea is supposed to be looking like, and, and they, there may be some more information out there, uh, some more uh, uh cards and things like that, that'll give you some information. But the extension website will tell you exactly which hydrangea and how to prune it. But yeah, get to the Arboretum. I mean, you talk about if you're planning on planting various shrubs or trees or whatever the case may be in your landscape. They have, they have, you can visualize that. You can see the, you you can see what it looks like. And sometimes you can get ideas like, oh, I never thought to combine those two perennials together or those three perennials together. You don't want to walk three-mile drive? Take a tram tour. Uh, Go up to the Beeline shuttle and get up to the the bee area and the urban farm or the farm area, farm at the Arb. And it's just an amazing place to learn a lot of stuff. And bring your visitors. They'll be just, they'll want to move to Minnesota just to come to the Arboretum. The University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum. Just go west on Highway 5 and uh, get online. You can make reservations. Very mm-hmm. easy. And it makes yep. it very easy to park there, as I've said before. All right. We need to take a break for that okay. hot forecast. We'll do that. Have another half hour of our Smart Garden Show on the way. 651-461-9226. It's a Saturday in CCO land from News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those lawn and garden questions at our usual number. If it's a phone call you want or a text, either way, 
Uh, Teresa, speaking of Master Garden, which you are, what's what's the pro, what's the uh, the deal with the uh, program? Is this the beginning of that program now, or what? This is the beginning of registration for it. Or uh, yes, so go ahead and go to the extension website and go down near the bottom, and it says "Become a Master Gardener Volunteer." Click on that, and it'll talk you right through it. The uh, registration or the um, your submission is due by October 1st, but it's going to be hot and icky today, so why not do it today? Get uh, get the paperwork going and go like that. There are scholarships available if you need them. Um, that always is a possibility. We do have some of those available. Or you can send an email to mg from Master Gardener Web at extension.umn and send your email off to request the, the paperwork. So please come and join us. We would love to have you. What about qualifications? I'm thinking, well, I'll, what if I just sign up? Well, I don't have gardening experience, just minimal. Denny, you, you could be a wonderful master gardener. Uh, master gardeners are people who love to learn about gardening, want to share research-based information with their community, and love to talk to people about gardening. Uh, so if, if that's what you are, if that's the kind of person you are, you don't need to have extension gar- ex- what am I trying? Extensive gardening background. Uh, it helps, but it's not necessary. You just need that desire to learn about research-based information and wanting to share that with your community. Master gardeners are volunteers. We work in our community to bring that information to the to the people that are in our communities, so we can all grow healthy lawns and trees and shrubs and vegetables and flowers, and we can learn about watering wisely and and taking care of our environment and. Uh, nearby nature and all those kind of wonderful things. So if you think yeah. you are interested in the program, please apply. Very good. <clears throat> you uh, you and your colleagues are educators. That's what you do. We are educators, yep. And if you all love right. just talking about gardening and geeking out on it, yeah, you're a master gardener. Come and join <laughs> us. Perfect candidate. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, back to work. Uh, I have, Tector says, 14 Techni Arborvitas as a hedge. They are around 25 years old, quite tall. I want to top them off. Is that a good idea? Topping is never a really good idea. If you need to prune them back a little bit, you can. If they're not going to be running into wires and that, you don't really need to top them. You can do a little pruning. Uh, Just get up there every year and do a little pruning and keep the heights down a little bit. Uh, They want to be probably about 25 feet tall, so they've got another 11, 12 feet to go. Um, And they don't stop growing at 25 feet. They will keep growing. So um, always remember to look at the size of the plant that you're planting, what its expected height and width is, so you plant it in the right place. Very good. Here's a good question. What exactly is overseeding? Is it just putting down seed or do you need additional soil, etc.? Oh, that's a really good question. So overseeding is something we normally have to do in our lawns because our lawns get a little sparse sometimes. So what you want to do is you want to uh, to mow your grass a little bit shorter than you normally would, and then you want to rake up all the extra stuff that's out there so you can see some of the bare patches. And then you just sprinkle seeds over the area that you need to oversow. You press them into the soil or on, you press them so they have really good seed-to-soil contact. Because if they're just floating up in the air, they're never going to root and sprout those little seeds. They need to be on the ground. And then you just keep that moist until the seeds sprout. Uh, Treat them like little babies when they're tall enough to have been mowed two to three times because the seedlings have gotten that big. Then you can apply your winterizer. So you've kind of got to get your seedlings, your overseeding done earlier in the fall rather than later if you're going to do winterizer. 
good question. Uh, Texter says, didn't prune my bushes at all this year. Will they be okay until after they flower in the spring? They should be just fine. They may just be a little a little scraggly looking. If something's um, whacking you in the face when you're going to be shoveling winter snow or something like that, you can prune that one little branch back if you need to. Otherwise, for the most part, uh, plants don't need to be pruned. Um, we just do it for aesthetic reasons and to keep them within the space and, and the aesthetic that we're looking for. Okay. Another listener says, I planted two apple trees this spring. They did not produce any apples yet. Do I need to fertilize them is one question. Also, is there an organic way to protect them from pests? Uh, yes. Yes and yes. So if you want to fertilize them, I would probably wait uh, till the spring and just top dress with a little compost. It depends on what kind of roots they are on, what rootstock they're on. If they're on a dwarf rootstock, those trees will probably be producing when they're about three to five years old. If they're on a semi-dwarfing rootstock, uh, that limits the size to a certain height. That will be five to seven years before they're old enough to produce fruits for you. And then if they're on just a regular rootstock, not a, um, a dwarfing rootstock, that could take up to 10 years. Honeycrisp take a little longer to produce, so you may want to add a few years onto that, uh, and you should be fine then. Um, so uh, what was the second question? It was feeding it uh, and... Uh, about pests. Thank organic you, and pests. pests. And organic pests. So there are some ways you can you can um, make sure you clean up any fruit that falls and any uh, any leaves that fall down. Move those out into your into your compost bins. You can protect the fruit when it does come out with little bags, little zip uh, ziplock bags or or nylon stocking bags. And you can also spray with a kale and spray if you need to protect against pests that way. So those are some of your um, alternatives for organic pest control. And you do need two different kinds of apples. So if you put in two Honeycrisp, hopefully there's some apple around the area that will be able to cross-pollinate with that. The two Honeycrisp will not cross-pollinate. You need two different varieties of apples. All right. Yeah, good point. Uh, This listener, they said that we will be in Texas from Thanksgiving to late April. Can we prune our apple tree in November? You can. Um... I would do it the very latest that you can, or if you're coming back early April, wait till early April to do it. Uh, if you can, wait as long as as far as close to your leaving in November as possible. Otherwise, if it's an early April arrival, do it early April. Um, but you can. If if we're into a really we hadn't got, we haven't had much frost in your area and it's still really green and growing and we haven't even gone into uh, the second we're still in just a hot winter and fall doesn't even look like to be showing up in november i would wait until spring then and just do a late pruning at that time okay this listener wants to know what causes bright yellow yarrow flowers to lose their luster and turn into an almost rusty brown Oh, that means the flower has has gone past. It's it's basically dead. It's like if you have a rose and you pick it, and then it slowly dies and turns brown. So that's it's just the flowers have have gone past their prime. They flowered. They've done what they're going to do, and the flowers are now dead. You can you can um, just uh, cut those off if you don't want to look at them very long. Okay. Uh, here's a, a long question, and I just remind our listeners, uh, Teresa, that uh, along with Julie Weisen, our next Saturday, a week John from today at the there. fair, yes, the turf guru, uh, Dr. John Trappy, will be answering those turf questions. But here's one I know you can field. 
Uh, a, is it a good time to plant grass seed, and should I aerate before I plant? I would aerate before you plant, and then I would, uh, so you can aerate now. Uh, I would probably wait till the weather's just a titch cooler uh, toward the end of August, if possible, into the beginning of September, or if we get a, few, a, a week where it's going to be fairly cool, uh, fairly normal, not this hot stuff today. That's just ridiculous. You don't need to be out there. Um, you have to keep the grass, the seed moist. So think about how you're going to keep that seed moist on a 105-degree temp day or uh, what it feels like. You'd have to be out there watering two or three times. And are you willing to do that till the grass sprouts? And are you willing to take care of all that extra watering it needs in the heat and those that stressful time? So I'd, I'd back off, but I'd aerate now, get the ground ready, and then uh, when it cools down just a little bit, go ahead and, and overseed with your grass seed. Very good. Just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, answering those lawn and garden questions on our Smart Garden Show. Here's another one. We have an ornamental crab apple tree that is so much lower growth we cannot mow under it very well. Can we prune or trim the lower branches, or will it ruin the shape forever? Um, if you want to limit up a little bit, you can. I would probably do that in the spring. And uh, you may want to mark some branches right now, tie a little bit of ribbon or string around them. So when you go out there in January, February, March, and you're pruning, limbing up the apple tree, remember you only want to take off um, like one quarter of the entire amount of growth. So look at the whole big tree and think, I'm only going to remove these three branches this year, and next year I'll remove the next three branches and limit up a little bit so I can so I can get under there and mow. Otherwise, just limit up slightly and grow something else instead of grass under there. Uh, put just a mulch down or do a little woodland garden under there, and that could be very attractive with your crab apple. But once you start limbing it up, you are making it into more of a tree shape than a bush shape, and, and so it that doesn't necessarily wreck the view. It just changes what it looks like. Okay. This listener wants to know, how do I get rid of web worms in my birch tree? Uh, you know, the easiest way is just to, um, if you can, uh, do some some cutting them out or just destroy the webbing. If it's too far up, I would go to the extension website. Uh, the webworms are protected with their webbing, so it's hard to get uh, uh, chemicals in there. You may want to use a systemic, but then again, that impacts anything that eats the tree, including pretty butterflies and things like caterpillars of, of good butterflies that you want to have. So I would go to the extension website, extension.uman.edu. Um, and if that looks like something that might be beyond you, call a, a certified arborist and have them come out and ask them what they would do and have them treat the tree for you. They would be able to get up in there with, with ladders and things and take out the yeah. webbing or do some sprays if they need to. Otherwise, if it's a one-shot deal, it may defoliate the tree this year, but it'll be fine next year. Just baby your tree a little bit. All right. We're going to take a quick break, Teresa. Be right back with more of our Smart Garden Show. We are on our way temperature-wise to 95 today. Right now on CCO, 71 degrees. Stay with us. Temperature-wise to 95 today. Right now on CCO, 71 degrees. Stay with us. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those lawn and garden questions at 651 461 And Teresa, as usual, 
Uh, we have many of them. And again, I, we always like to urge our listeners to check out the University of Minnesota website, extension.umn.edu, a great source of information about lawns and gardens, you name it, it's in there. And there's lots of pretty pictures to look at, too. So yes, enjoy that during the heat. Too. Stay inside, yeah. get a cool beverage, hydrate, yeah. and just look at the website. Yeah, extension.umn.edu. We love it. Uh, Texter says something I can relate to here. Along the south side of my house, I planted, they say, a tomato plant in each of uh, two raised two-by-four planter boxes, one tomato plant in the ground. The plant in the ground is growing well. The two in the raised boxes are withering at the top. Is this a problem due to being in the boxes or due to the amount of watering, do you think? It's probably uh, the stress from being uh, in hotter soil, lots of extra water and lots of extra heat, and the the roots only have the little box to look for food in and water, and they don't have the coolness of all the entire soil like the ones in the soil do. So even though the soil at top feels warm, there's a little more moisture a little bit deeper, and our pots aren't that deep, so... It's just it's just more stressful situation in that little container. Even though it's a good sized container, it's still a little more stressful and stressful situation. Okay. So yeah. This uh, listener says via text after splitting hosta, the section that was taken off is growing and healthy, but never gets any bigger. Is that normal? That's not normal. It depends on when they split them. If it's just this year, the plant has to re-get new roots and everything else and it's going to take a little while to get bigger again. If it's been a few years I'd consider maybe top dressing that area a little bit and the soil may be a little too lean or there may be some other some other reasons why the plant isn't getting bigger. But I would think it's probably something to do with the soil if the plant has been divided for a number of years. Okay. We have the smartest of listeners, and we do have, uh, obviously, here a uh, somebody who knows about to, to help us out with picking a good watermelon. Oh, good. I was hoping somebody so, would share that go. information. <laughs> he says, for watermelon, look for the curly pigtail on the vine opposite the stem to the watermelon. It should be dried up and brown. Okay. The field spot should be deep yellow, not pale yellow. Ah, okay. Sound is subjective. That now is for true. squash, the stem should be dried up completely. Cantaloupe stems will easily separate from the melon when ripe. So there you go. You've got and, and I've heard about pressing your thumbnail into the rind in, to see if it's if it goes in really easy. But then I think, well, I don't want all those little pokies in my no. in my in my vegetables out there in the ground because that just lets diseases and bugs and everything else. And so I've always wondered about that one. It's like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, I may test out that theory, uh, that uh, that, uh, <laughs> that uh, advice from uh, a nice from this, deep uh, yellow spot, and yeah. then um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the uh, should the the uh, color should not be just uh, pale yellow. Pale yellow. Deep it's just, yellow. Yep. Deep yellow. Say. Okay. Okay. Can Thank I you. spray for Thank Keeping you, Charlie person. now? And what's the best spray to use? Creeping Charlie, I'd I'd probably wait just a little while longer. Uh, the it's too hot. 
uh, so so any spray you get and any herbicide you get, it will say it kills creeping Charlie. So you want to make sure that creeping Charlie is listed as one of the plants it's going to kill. Then you want to read the instructions. And the instructions will say something like, do not spray on windy days, which we're supposed to have. Do not spray if the temperature is above such and such a degrees. It's usually like 82 to 85 degrees, which we're going to have for the next week at least. So you have to consider those things. Just make sure you read the label. When you're at the nursery getting the herbicide, um, if you can't figure out which one, because there's like four different kinds or 12 different kinds out there, Talk to the nursery people. They will know which one will work best for Creeping Charlie. They'll show you that it kills Creeping Charlie on the label, and then they should instruct you to read the label and understand it and give you some pointers. Not on a windy day. Even a, even a breeze of five, five miles an hour is way too fast, and not on a hot day or a really cold day. So you have to read the instructions because each one will be slightly different. Here's a good candidate for the uh, university website, I think. What bush is good that does not need trimming? It would be in full sun. It, you know, it really depends how big you want to get it. And here, again, um, I think Denny's right. Go to the extension website. You can actually go to one part of the extension website. It's a landscaping part, and it will actually, you can put in, I want a bush for full sun, sandy soil, getting three to six feet tall and three feet wide. And it will bring up bushes that are that for zone three or four or whatever you're in. So it's a wonderful feature of the Extension website. So please go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu, and uh, you'll go right into that list of plants. It's just amazing. Another texter says, uh, why is one of our two elderberry plants wilting? They're separated by 40 feet. In the one area, it you know, the plant could be a weaker plant, so it's under more stress. It's it's not dealing with the stress as well. It could be that there's a big rock under there, so it's not the soil isn't as deep as you think it is. It's not getting as much water. Uh, the other plant may be getting more water than you think it's getting, and so it's a little healthier. It just there's a difference between the plants and or the soil conditions and then the stress of the situation we're in. So you just have to figure out what kind of, what it, what what could be going on there. The plant may need just a little more water than it's getting. You can always trap dress with a little compost. A couple of minutes to go on the show, Teresa. A lawn question, an aeration question. Does aeration harm silver maple roots? It can. Yes, it can. So if, you're, if you've got an aerator, which is where it pulls up the plugs, it's actually punching down into the soil, and it will punch into those silver maples roots, the, the surface roots. So you want to avoid those roots if at all possible. Uh, so don't aerate under your, under your silver maple, or if you know there's not roots in this one area, you can aerate there. But, uh, yeah, you, you don't want to aerate over tree roots. That is correct. This listener would like you to, to address uh, a perennial grass seed versus annual grass seed. Okay, so a lot, that's a really good question. So when you look at the grass seed that you're buying for overseeding for your lawn or starting your lawn, it will tell you it's this much, this kind of Kentucky bluegrass and this kind of perennial rye and, and this annual rye and this uh, whatever it's got in there. It'll tell you other oh, fescues. It'll tell you all that's in there and the percentages. You want to get mostly perennial grasses. The annual grasses come up a little bit faster. They hold the place. 
so that the the other seeds around them, the perennials, can kind of get going a little bit. But then the annual grass will die over winter, and that will leave little holes all over where those grasses died. So then the other perennials can take the perennials then can grow and take over that spot. So they're kind of like a little placeholder for a bit. But if you have a grass seed mix that's really heavy on annuals, they're all going to die in the wintertime. So then only maybe half your plants are coming up again next year. They're, they're growing again next year. So the annual grass is just really a placeholder, and you don't need a big percentage. So good grass seed mixes won't have a high percentage usually of the annual ryegrasses. That's a really good question, though. Yeah, it was a good question, and we have less, uh, probably maybe 30 seconds, if you can give us a, a thumbnail uh, a sketch of how to become a master gardener, how to sign up. Okay, go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu, click on how to become a master gardener. It'll talk you through it, and there are scholarships available if you need them, but we'd love to have you. If you like talking plants and like to learn about Extension, our research-based information, and sharing that with your neighbors, you can become a master gardener. Yeah, and again, don't forget to visit the Arboretum. Just go west on uh, Highway 5. You're going to love right. that place. Just arrange, uh, arrange it all online. Very easy to yep. do. And you, yep, you do need to register online. Yep. All right. Uh, Teresa, thank you so much for all the good work. Always a pleasure. And just a reminder that next uh, Saturday week from today, we'll be at the fair with Julie and Dr. John Trappy. Teresa, let's talk again soon. We will do that. Everybody stay cool and hydrate. Take care. Thank you so much. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Next up on uh, CCO, uh, get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. Probably a lot of hail questions. The damage is uh, one of the questions we'll be hearing about next hour. Here on News Talk A3OWCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 